0: Very long time, and it's always a joy to be back in this congregation because I've also have, besides Father Jose, many friends here in this congregation, and I thank you so much for your faithfulness and your just very strong desire to be followers of Jesus Christ. Now, I might worry about some things here and there, but when it comes to the faith. I have no problem. I have no worries here. You have wonderful leadership and you are a wonderful congregation. And I thank you very much for your faithfulness faithfulness for so many years. You all are committed to the Lord's call and to bring many to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I thank you. You know, the, in some ways, the, the last eight and a half years has been a little interesting for all of us, as we know. There's been ups and downs and sidewayses, all kinds of things happening. And the amazing thing and the most wonderful thing is we have been dealing with a lot of things. And building a church. The Lord has always been there. Always. It's amazing to see how things came together. And now after that eight and a half years. We're just about the place where we're going to get into the next phase. In this diocese. Where... Whatever ties, legal or otherwise, soon will be all gone. Thank, thank you, Jesus. It is wonderful. Now, in some of this, of course, there's been a cost. We know that. But heck, when we, were, when we started out, we knew whenever we go out to be faithful for the Lord, there is a price. There always is. But the rewards of being faithful with God are so much more than the costs we've had. And with St. David's, you're going to be in a new place by the end of the summer. And it's going to be a bit of a wrench. Of course it is for many of you who've worshipped here for many, many years. That is true. And there's some sadness about that. But you've got a good place where you're going. And I know St. David's is strong. And it will be strong here. And it will be strong in the new building. And many will continue to come to St. David's. Because God is calling them, because God trusts this community to bring those who do not know Jesus to know Jesus. And you will make that happen. And all, we like our familiar things. We really do. It's, it's, it's wired in us for, for the most part. But the most important thing we always come back to... And you all know it is faithfulness to our Lord Jesus Christ, and that is what it's all about. Sure, when you leave this place, there'll be tears. There will be, and some hurdles yet. Yeah. But in my conversations with the the uh, the wardens and the rec- and the vestry. Yesterday, when I had met with them, I heard wonderful things of what God is doing to make this all work. Certainly, some questions, but I am absolutely convinced that even in the midst of having to move, the Lord will move with you. He will. With you. So, whatever you face here, God's going to bless you as long as you continue to do what you've been doing, following Jesus Christ, being willing to go wherever He calls. That will make wonderful things happen. And the good again, as I say, the good thing about this is all that stuff we had to deal with, that time is over about what was going on with legal stuff we're going to be really very free to to put out ministry that is 100% about the gospel and not some other stuff that gets us off track so that's a blessing always in transmission there's blessing and there's some tears, but the Lord will live all of you up. And I cannot wait to see the wonderful things that the Lord is going to do through you when we make this transition. It will be remarkable. I am convinced. And I thank you for everything that you have done. By your witness, you have helped make this diocese even stronger because of your love of Jesus. And I thank you so very much. There will be rough places, I'm sure, but the Lord will be there. We have plenty of, we have plenty of promises to that effect in God's word. With that being said, I'm going to go fishing. I want to go fishing. Um, and this is a what I'm talking about here is something that I will be talking about throughout the diocese over the next eighteen months probably. I want to talk to you about fishing. How many of you here have decided to follow Jesus? Come on. How many? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, it seems to me that we've decided to follow Jesus. And if we are, then actually we are in the fishing business. We are. We are in the fishing business. No matter what what other responsibilities we may have in life for family or work when we decide to follow Jesus our priority becomes casting nets to catch people in the Greek the phrase catching people literally means to save men and women alive as some commentator has noted The kingdom requires not dead fish, but human beings fully alive. Not creatures riding in the last gasp before death, but people living the life of the good news in all its fullness. This is the kind of fishing business, actually, as Christians, that we're in. This sermon today is based upon Luke 5.11. And I'll let you look that over later. It's Luke 5.11. You are right that it is not election for today, but I want you to know that this sermon, as I said, will be preached in every congregation in the diocese. It is the foundation of my vision of the Diocese of Western Anglicans. You remember this passage. It's about Jesus asking Peter and his partners to cast their net into the Sea of Galilee. They had caught very little fish. They were tired. It is also important for you to know that the fishermen fished at night. That's when they fished at night because at night, the fish came up to the top because the water was cool. During the day, the top of the water was too warm, and they went down to the bottom of the lake. But they came up, and that's why they fished at night. During the day, You will remember that Jesus said to Peter that they would be catching people or making fishers of men. Now I realize that when Jesus said, from now on you will be catching people, he is talking only to Simon at that point. But it's also clear to me through the rest of Luke's gospel and into volume 2 of his work, The Acts of the Apostles, catching people is a responsibility not just for Simon Peter or the other apostles. It's a responsibility of all of us who follow Jesus. Now, having spent a lifetime in the church and 37 years as a rector and three and a half years as a bishop, It seems to me that many of us who follow Jesus are at the very least ambivalent about being in the fishing business. We acknowledge the call, but then we only pay lip service while neglecting to do the work of casting nets out for the kingdom. Let me tell you a story. There was once a group of people who were really sold on the idea of fishing. To hear them talk, you would think that these people had more experience at fishing than anyone else around. They claimed to be in the fishing business, and it sounded like the waters all in the waters around them, in fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes just filled with fish. And the fish were hungry. So week after week, month after month, and year after year, these folks gathered in meetings and talked about their call to fish about the abundance of the fish and about how they might go about fishing. They were always on the look for new improved fishing techniques. Not only that, but they were constantly at work to refine the, their defini- their different definition of fishing. And they promoted fishing. They love this slogans, Unite we fish, life is short, fish hard. Cleanliness may be next to godliness, but fishing is godliness. Campaign. I'm sure you've heard of They sponsored costly national and international events to discuss fishing and promote fishing. These folks built large and beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. Their plea was for everyone to go fishing. But you know what? None of these people ever went fishing. They talked about fishing. They studied about fishing, they promoted fishing, but they never actually fished. I'm afraid this sounds perhaps a lot like a lot of churches I've known. So what what is that keep what is it that keeps us? From actually fishing. We talk about fishing for people, but we don't do much about it. Maybe we feel inadequate or unworthy, like Simon Peter Simon Peter. After all, it is an awesome thing to be invited to, to share in the kingdom of God with Jesus. Do you remember what Simon did and what he said? He fell down at Jesus' knees right there by the lake and he said to Jesus, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Eugene Peterson's translation of this phrase in the message goes like this. I am a sinner and can't handle this holiness. Leave me alone. Sometimes Are we in that place? Is this what keeps us from catching people? Well, Jesus doesn't want our fear of inadequacy or unworthiness to stand in the way. So he says to us what he said to Simon Peter Don't be afraid. I have work for you. Catch people. This kind of experience with Jesus can change everything for us and the diocese just as it did for Simon Peter. In fact, there was such a change for Simon in the course of this story that Luke actually changes his name from Simon to Simon Peter in the middle of the story look. Maybe this kind of fear is not the issue. Maybe we're hung up on size issues. You know, if we're interested in keeping the church small, sometimes there are congregations that do, this becomes a troublesome story. The story begins with a crowd of people pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, they've got him backed up to the shoreline of the lake of Gennesaret. When we move beyond paying lip service to fishing for people and actually start doing the hard work of casting nets for the kingdom, we can expect to deal with crowds. And then the story tells us about this extraordinary catch of fish that Simon pulled in after he left the shallow waters and went out into the deep at Jesus' command. Simon was skeptical because he and his partners had been fishing all night and had caught nothing. But he did what Jesus commanded and the result was a catch of fish so great that Simon's nets were beginning to break. When his partners came over to help there were so many fish that both of their boats began to sink. This is what happens when we start catching fish. When we cast nets for the kingdom people are caught up in the way of Jesus and drawn into the kingdom of God. If we don't want to grow, then we won't fish people. We may talk about fishing for people, but we won't fish. But this is not the way of Jesus, as I know you know. So I guess we had better come to terms that we need to catch fish and to grow. There's one more thing about this fishing business. To catch people, we need to be in deep water. Not in the shallows. In the Old Testament, the image of deep water signifies chaos, as in the opening of the verses of Genesis. The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. To catch people, we're called to leave the shallow waters where life is, is secure and relatively comfortable. We've got to leave leave from that. We must, however, we're we are to be called to move into the places of chaos where people's lives are at risk, even where our lives at times might be at risk. We're to cast our kingdom nets of mercy and justice into deep water, just as Jesus did, where people are poor and weak and vulnerable and sick and suffering and oppressed and forgotten and most importantly they need a savior this is our business well it seems to me that if we've decided to follow Jesus and I think we all have we are in the fishing business and we cannot Run away from it. No matter what other responsibilities we may have in life, for family or work, when we decide to follow Jesus, our priority becomes casting nets to keep, to catch people. For Simon Peter, James, and John, this meant leaving everything to follow Jesus Of course, at this point, the question is, what does this mean for us and how we will respond and actually take seriously about catching fish, not just talking about it, but doing it?